0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary B D W a void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions eighteen plus Welcome to Freedom Through Faith.
1: We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Every Hebrew, Hebrew boy wanted to grow up to be a rabbi. That was a, you know, it was, it, if you think about the number of Hebrew boys, tens of thousands of them, let's say, in Israel at that time, they all wanted to grow up and be a rabbi. Kind of like what we would defer to NFL players today. You have all these, you know, peewee football leagues in every town and community. I mean, tens of thousands of young children, five, six, seven years old, playing in these peewee leagues, and they all have a dream one day of making it to the NFL. But in reality, if you take, you know, a million children only maybe a few hundred make it to the NFL in any given year, working their way up that ladder. I mean, they only take the best of the best of the best. And it was the same day in Jesus' day with the rabbi school. Every Jewish boy wanted to be a rabbi when he grew up. And in order to facilitate that, there had to be You know, just like they have in football here in America, uh, some cuts that had to be made. I mean, you start off in Pee Wee League and then you make it into middle school and you try out for the middle school football team. And, you know, if you got, we'll just say 25 slots and 60 kids come out and try out, you've got to cut some of the kids. To get your roster down. Growing up, you know, enjoying sports in school, it was always a nervousness when the cut selections were going to be posted. Because they're going to post the names of those that were selected. And these guys are all happy and jubilant, but if your name wasn't on that list, Basically, they're telling you, and the coaches, before they'd post the list, would say, now, if your name's not on this list, it's not because you don't know how to play. It was tough. We had to choose only the very best. You're good. You just weren't good enough. You can come back and try again next year, uh, but for this year, go home. And if your name wasn't on that list, you were heartbroken. And it's the same thing, even in the NFL today. Even though you may be a top-notch college football player, some of them, even though you know they get a shot at trying out, get cut. They just don't have what it takes. Even though they may have been excellent football players in high school and college, they just didn't have what it took during the tryouts for the pro team. And they're told, you know, sorry, go home and start a new career. And it's the same thing about the Jewish boys wanting to be rabbis. So they had certain criteria. If you want to be a rabbi, here's the first tryout. And it occurred at age six. That's right, age six. What was the triumph? They had to have memorized by age six the entire book of Leviticus, word for word. Now, think about how many six year old think about how many of adults would be cut from the team at that point in time. Amen I mean I can raise my hand. I haven't memorized the book of Leviticus. I'd be cut. But we got a six-year-old making the grade where most adults can't. Now in this day and time, most six-year-olds could not read or write. So how did they memorize the book of Leviticus? Through the oral tradition, taught to them by their father, who was taught by his father, who was taught by his father, who was taught by his father. That's how they memorized the entire book of Leviticus, by listening to it and reciting it. So at age six, you're brought in to the rabbi orientation day for the school. And they said, okay, tell us the book of Leviticus. And these rabbis would sit there and listen. And as long as you said every single word, you got in. If you missed a word, it's like, sorry, you didn't make the cut. Uh, You did a good job, but you're not going to rabbi school. You can go home and work with the family. So if you passed, you got to go to elementary school. It's called Bet-Safar, and it's basically called the school of the book. And you're there from age 6 to age 12. During this school time, during those six years, you had to memorize the entire Torah in order to graduate by age 12. The first five books of the Bible. You had to memorize word for word the first five entire books of the Bible, which was the Torah. And your graduation test, your rabbis that were teaching you, would sit up there and listen for you to tell them word for word the first five books of the Bible. Now, at that point in time, the second cut was made. If you had memorized it word for word, the first five books, you were then set aside into another area which we'll get into in a second, because you could go to the next level of teaching, because you'd proven you're smart enough to memorize the first five books of the Bible. Amen? The test to go to the next school, which lasted from age 12 to age 30, which was really the rabbi school. This is where you're going to learn how to be a rabbi was beginning at age 12. From age 12 to age 30, in order to go into that area, you had to be selected by a rabbi who just graduated rabbi school. Because they're now going to come and look for their disciples. They're looking for their pupils that they can teach. And the selection was based, okay, you graduated from elementary school, age 12. Now to be considered for selection, you had to pass a test about the first five books of the Bible. Now wait a minute. You just finished a couple days ago reciting word for word the first five books of the Bible. What kind of test could they give you? To go to the next level if you're being tested on the first five books of the Bible. Not word for word memorization. At this level, to go to this level of training. From age 12. I'm sorry. Yeah, from age 12 to age 30. In order to move into the auditorium, we'll say. In order to be selected by a new graduating uh, rabbi at age 30, in order to be put into that group, we would call it the the, graph, the draft group. You know, if, if you're in college and you want to be eligible for the draft, you have to declare yourself as eligible for the draft, even if that means giving up college. And this is the same thing. In order to get into that select group, To be considered for the next level. You're going to be tested on the first five books of the Bible. Not memorizing them. But your ability to ask questions of others concerning the five books of the Bible. And your ability to keep the conversation going by answering questions. So you're... Ability to ask and answer and discuss the first questions about the first five books of the Bible is how it was determined if you were now qualified to go into high school and college. If all you did was memorize the books, but you weren't able to carry on a good conversation, then it was a cut. Sorry. You did really well but you just don't have what it takes to move to the next level. Go home, help the family out in their business, learn a trade, and enjoy life. You were cut. And this was heartbreaking. These boys had studied up to age 12, and now they were not able to go to the next level. They felt ashamed, just like children do nowadays when they don't make the team. And they're sent home. The vast majority of boys did not make that cut. Amen. The ability to ask questions based on the Torah in order to keep the conversation about God going is what determined if you had the making of a good rabbi. Now, think about Jesus at age 12. When his parents came to Jerusalem, did the sacrifices for the the festival, and then they left. They traveled a day's journey. They thought he was with their family somewhere in the crowd. Realized he wasn't. They turned around came back. They found him the third day in the temple. What does the Bible say? Everyone was amazed at his ability to ask questions and the answers he provided. Now, does that verse make sense? Amen. His ability to ask and answer questions amazed the leadership in the temple. Now, where did he learn to do that? Well, he's God. He's the Messiah. Of course he would be able to do that. No, he gave up All, the Bible says, of his attributes. He had to learn it from somewhere. We don't have any record of him going to school. Now, I'm going to give you second chapter of the book of Bob. I mean, this is my own opinion. But what happened when Jesus was two years old? That's when the Magi, the wise men, came from the east and they gave his parents gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It is estimated that in today's dollars, it's something like two million dollars of gifts. And then they left for Egypt because of the threat where Herod was going to kill all the children two years and under to try and eliminate any competition for his throne. God supernaturally provided the family enough money to take care of them for the rest of their life and to provide private tutoring for Jesus. I really believe that. That he had private tutors. He was homeschooled with private tutors and the money that the Magi gave is what funded it. And at age 12, he had to be quizzed by the temple elders to see if he had what it took to go into rabbi school. If he had what it took in their eyes to be considered qualified to study to be a rabbi. And that's why it says they were amazed at his ability to ask and answer questions. And then we don't hear anything else about Jesus until age 30. Which just happened to coincide with graduation from rabbi school. Amen. Hallelujah. Now. We already said how they determined who graduated from middle school to high school to college. When that happened, when you were accepted into the next level, you were baptized. Baptism took place all over Jerusalem. We already established that you know it would happen... At a change of life event, like marriage or something like that. It also happened as you graduated and was accepted into rabbi school. And then when you graduated from rabbi school, you had to be baptized again. Any type of social status changed required baptism. I said getting engaged. Uh, you're representing that you were unclean, but now you're clean. Uh That's where we get our baptism from. That's what it represents, that you were a sinner, but you're not anymore. Jesus paid for your sins as you rise up out of that water. It's new life. When you go from not being a rabbi to being a rabbi, and and back in Jesus' day at age 30, you were also baptized. Amen? Think about the Bible. At age 30, Jesus would have just finished his private training for rabbi, to be considered a rabbi. And he goes out into the middle of the desert to be baptized. That's in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, It's in Matthew 3. I could read down the whole thing. But verse 13 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan. Not to John to be baptized of him, but John forbid him, saying, I need to be baptized of you, and you're coming to me. And Jesus answering said, Permit it to be so now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. So he permitted to be baptized. And when Jesus, when he was baptized, came up straight away out of the water, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, This... Is my beloved son in whom I was well or I am well pleased. There are two types of rabbi ordinations, if you want to call it that. Those that had something that was called Samika and those who did not have Samika. Samika required verbal verification of two independent witnesses at your graduation ceremony where you were baptized from not being a rabbi to being a rabbi. All right, you need to hold on to that. Those who did not have the two verbal witness, independent witness testimonies at your baptism were those who did not have Samika. All right. They had the now ordination of their rabbi that they had the permission to teach what their rabbi taught them. This teaching, this doctrine, was called, I'll write this down, a yoke. The yoke of a rabbi was his doctrinal positions and his doctrinal teaching. If you did not have Samika, which I'll cover in a minute, then you were given permission by your rabbi to teach like he taught. Who received from his rabbi teachers permission to teach how he taught. Who was given permission from his rabbi teachers to teach like he taught. So it'd go four, five, six generations. A continuation of the doctrine of the original rabbi who had Samika. What is Samika? Alright, that's what we're going to talk about. Samika meant you were so exceptional in rabbi school... And your interpretation of the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, your interpretation of that was so unique that they would give you permission to make your own yoke, your own doctrine, your own teaching, so that from that point forward there would be a new line of doctrinal teachings. That your disciples, that you would call and you would teach, you could teach them your doctrine And it would be just as recognized as the other doctrine because you had Samika. Samika, another word for Samika is authority. Amen. Now, let's look at this. When Jesus was baptized, in order to receive Samika, he had to have verbal verification by two independent witnesses at his baptism. The first we've seen was John the Baptist. Behold, here is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus came to John, and Jesus said, you know, you got to baptize me, John. We need this to happen. John said, okay. He baptized him, and coming up out of the water there was still one more verbal, independent voice that needed to be spoken. And since no man was there to speak it, God himself uttered words from heaven, giving verbal verification that people heard, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He now had two independent voices at the moment of baptism. Identifying Jesus as being a special rabbi, with special understanding of the scriptures. He now had permission to have his own yoke, his own doctrine, his own teaching. Because he had Samika. He had authority. Amen? Glory to God. I'm hoping you're getting a lot out of this. What was the focus of Jesus' doctrine? I mean, you had doctrines from all these other rabbis. You know, Some doctrines would be, you need to minister to the orphans and the widows. Some doctrines was you had to help the sick and the lame. Some doctrines were, you know, you got to teach in universities. Some doctrines were this and that. They all were good doctrines. What was Jesus' doctrine? What was his yoke? His yoke, summed up in one sentence, would be God is love. That's what he taught. Amen. That God loves you. God loves you as you are. All you have to do is believe on him who he sent. That was Jesus' yoke. That was his doctrine everywhere he went. Amen? That's why he was drawing so many people. The people heard, there's a new rabbi in town who has Samika. Now, let me just tell you about this. 99% of the rabbis that graduated did not have Samika. Sometimes it was three, four generations before that one rabbi would come along that was so good that he received Samika. So here, three, four generations, you're talking maybe a hundred years had gone by since there was a rabbi that had Samika, the authority to have his own doctrine, his own teaching. So here, all these people in Jerusalem and Judea, They're hearing the traditional teachings as has been handed down for three, four, five generations. And now all of a sudden they hear stories about this new rabbi who has Samika. He has this new teaching, this new doctrine, this new yoke. They want to go hear what he has to say. It's unique. It hasn't happened in their lifetime or even their parents' lifetime or even their grandparents' lifetime. Now, when you're selected by a rabbi and are brought up in his way of teaching, that becomes your yoke. Amen? That's the only yoke you can have is what he teaches unless you are given Samika. Think about Paul when he was testifying. He said, I was brought up Hebrew of the Hebrews in the doctrine of Gamaliel who was a famous Jewish rabbi and leader, that was his teachings Paul was brought up in. Do you see why he used that as his testimony? That I was brought up under his tutelage. I was teaching his yoke. Amen. That's why at age 30, just graduating from Rabbi school under his private tutors, Jesus came and was baptized by John, had the voice of two independent witnesses, John the Baptist, God the Father, and received his samika. Amen. Glory to God. After graduating from rabbi school, these new rabbis would then go. To get their disciples. Where would they go and get disciples? Well, in order to have disciples from age 12 to age 30, 18 years, that they would be taught by these new rabbis. Where else would they rather go but to a place where young men had already been vetted? They would already been examined and determined by the leadership of the temples that they have what it takes to be in a special group to be selected as rabbinical disciples of these new rabbis. And literally they would be in this room and these rabbis would come along and they would pick who they wanted to be on their team to be their students, to be their disciples. And one by one, the new rabbis would come in, and they'd see this one and say, follow me. And over here, follow me. And over here, follow me. And then they would take those students and leave, and the next rabbi would come in and say, follow me, follow me, follow me. And then he'd make his selection until there were no more rabbis.
0: You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.